Welcome back to another Takes by the Lake from Cleveland.com. I'm Doug Maurice. We are continuing our tour. I used to say tour, like T-O-R-E. So now sometimes I say tour because I'm trying to sound fancy because you don't really go on a tour. It's a tour of the AFC North here on uh, Takes by the Lake from Cleveland.com. We did the Baltimore Ravens two podcasts ago. Because last week we did sports gambling in Ohio, which I think was kind of interesting. But you guys like football the most. So, we did the Ravens. This week, the Bengals. Next week, the Steelers. We are talking about the other three teams in the AFC North because that matters to the Browns. This week, Jim Ozarski from the Cincinnati Inquirer is our guest. We talk about Marvin Lewis. We talk about Andy Dalton. We talk about um, whether the Browns should want to be like the Bengals or whether that's a bad scenario for the Browns down the line. We talk about um, what Jim thinks from Cincinnati of the Browns and what they are building. We talk about where the whole AFC North stands. So again, this is a great interview with Jim Ozarski. Thanks to him. Thanks to you guys for listening here on Takes by the Lake from Cleveland.com. Again, I'm Doug Maurice. Read my stuff at Cleveland.com. And let's get right to it. So happy to be joined by Jim Ozarski, Bengals writer, for the Cincinnati Inquirer, um, has been covering the team for four years and is the latest guy to help us out on our tour of the AFC North. And um, Jim, we'll, we'll jump right into it here. My basic, <laughs> I'm going to start you with the giant big picture question, and then we'll drill down from there a little bit. Are the Bengals trending up or trending down? We know this has been a playoff team that for the last... Two seasons has not been a playoff team. Are they like ready to get it together again, or are they in a in a in a descent where they're going to end up maybe doing some kind of rebuild? Yeah, I I guess on the surface, um, I'm going to put them in the uh, trending up category. I guess those are the two options, and really it's for for one reason, and, and while. Locally, or maybe even nationally, the return of Marvin Lewis was a surprise. You know, I think some reports had him out the door, you know, before the season even ended. Um, yep. But look, this was a seven and nine team a year ago, second straight losing season. Um, but and while most teams can say this, there they were one play away from eight and eight, and I can literally say that in that Tyler Eifert stepped out of bounds before catching what would have been a game-winning touchdown against Houston way back in Week 2. Um, and they also held three-score leads against Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, against Pittsburgh at home. Um, most NFL teams win both of those games, if not at least one of them. So for as bad as it looked for this team, for as bad as the offense was, and it was bad, I mean, it was the league's worst offense to me, they've addressed their biggest issues, which were the offensive line, uh, offensive coordinator Bill Lazor's back in a full-time basis this year, not just the interim. He's changing up the offense. Uh, there's no more running back carousel. Marvin Lewis sort of handcuffed himself with that a year ago. Now it's Joe Mixon's show, um, and, and they're hoping they get something out of John Ross, the first-round pick a year ago. So uh, the offensive line can't be as bad as it was last year. It was horrific. It can't be. So that alone, to me, uh, means this team should be far more competitive. Uh, so I guess in that sense, trending up, although I don't think this is a 14-2 and two team by any means. So, so 
this division obviously um, has been been helped uh, in the past, well, for 20 years basically by the fact that the Browns stink and that for, for the other three right. teams in the division, you know, you can't count on it 100%, but those were two very good shots at wins every time you played the Browns. And I'm just so interested in this from the Browns' perspective because if they're going to get better, they you know, there's got to be room to move up a little bit. So. Right. Would would you say at this point, you know, the Steelers aren't going away. Um, they're getting older, but they're not going away yet. And and when we talked about the Ravens, their writer said they're hoping to sort of do this on the fly. You know, they may have a move from Flacco to Lamar Jackson, not this year, but next, but hope to do it on the fly. Do, do you think that the Bengals then, again, this is a team that made the playoffs five straight years, 2011 to 2015, then went 6-9-1 and one and 7-9. and nine. Is is your expectation that this is going to be a franchise that is going to remain very competitive for a playoff spot for the foreseeable future? Uh, wow. Um, right. I'll start with the, the Browns part of it. I mean, Marvin Lewis has been at beating Cleveland. Um, yes. And now I understand that a lot of people have been very good at that, but very rarely have the Browns gotten their win, if that makes sense, against the Bengals. Even a year ago, when things were going horrifically for the Bengals on offense, I mean, the Browns were the cure-all. Like it, for whatever reason, the Bengals don't um, the Bengals don't like play down to that level, if mm-hmm. you will. Yep. Um, so now. Going forward, though, I don't know if I would pick the Bengals to, to sweep the Browns in 2018. I mean, I'll have to see how the preseason goes. Um, but, I, I mean, that talent is getting better up there. And I don't think the Bengals ever really counted the Browns as, you know, we're just going to always sweep this. And maybe that's why they have been that successful. They haven't really played mm. close games. Right. Whereas you look at some of the other teams in the division. Now, uh, you know, long-term playoff team, you know, it does go hand-in-hand hand because you're right. I mean, if you're consistently beating one team twice, I mean, that's, you know, you're trying to win nine games. I mean, it's a big deal. Um, look, at 18, you know, people thought last year was kind of a, the, the tipping point season for Marvin Lewis and the Bengals. Year 15, never won a playoff game, all that, all that stuff. Actually, I think it's this year. Okay. Um, because he, it's a two-year deal, but we know, I, I mean, it's really a one-year deal. Um, in my opinion, because if they go six and 10, it's, I mean, they definitely have to, uh, they, they, they've, they're in that spot of Marvin Lewis probably should not be asked back. Um, now it's three straight losing seasons. Andy Dalton. Well, right now the narrative out of Cincinnati is he's 30, he's hitting his prime. We got this offense. Well then six and 10, that means he played poorly yet again. Now he's always oh, pushing 32. Mm-hmm. Now we need to look ahead. You know what I mean? So I think and A.J. Green will be 31 going into a contract year. And you pay that kind of guy into his 30s. So, look, I, I think um, they've got to win. They've got to get to the postseason this year. And then I think if that's the case, they kind of ride it out and continue to supplement their core um, of guys that they feel will age well into their early 30s. Um, but if it doesn't happen, I think they do start to rebuild. I think a quarterback okay. is drafted in the first round in 2019. So I, 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 I know I'm kind of riding the fence with you there, but, um, you know, I, I 
in terms of the, the Browns and maybe a window, um, I, I could see the Browns definitely winning a game in the series this year, um, assuming Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback and he's the guy all season. Um, and then, you know, if they continue their trajectory up, the Bengals could be on their way down, if you will, in, in 1920. Right. Um, but, I, you know, it's um, it's hard to say because I think this year means so much to the Bengals in that in that way in terms of how they view building around Andy Dalton or not. Right. Wow. That that's, I, I think that's a really interesting answer for – for again, people who are, are are Browns fans but need to understand what's going on with the Bengals, the idea that this is such a critical year for the Bengals yeah. to decide which direction they're going to go, I think is a very, very interesting way to look at things. Um, so again, I want to dig into both the coach and the quarterback because obviously those are always so interesting. Let's start with Marvin Lewis. Um, we know how close Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson are. Um, the thing I'm, I'm wondering about, if you can assess, we, we know when the Bengals... Uh, we're in that playoff run. They had some excellent coordinators, Mike Zimmer and Jake Gruden, and then Hugh himself. Um, and obviously, those guys played a role in the success. Just overall, um, has 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 Marvin Lewis? You know, is he the reason that the Bengals have been a, a, a team that you know went from early in his tenure, um, you know, a team that that didn't make the playoffs all that much, but then made it five straight years, six out of seven years. And again, now even now, the last two years, they're not three and thirteen. Like, is right. have the Bengals been in a pretty good era here because of Marvin Lewis? Because he's done such a good job, and he'll be missed. Or is there any feeling in Cincinnati that they had really good players? They had you know really good defensive players for a while. They they did have some playmakers on offense, and that maybe a different coach could have gotten them over the top where they would have been winning some playoff games. Bengal fan hell right here I, you know I, I mean from, from their perspective you've got okay so you've got the older fan base and then you know in terms of an, a, a demographic you're sort of older millennials so got you know uh, fans in their mid-30s um, who were, grew up in the lost decade uh, yeah. at least that's what they call it in Cincinnati which Browns fans can definitely relate to absolutely um, the lost decade of the '90s. You know, 100 plus losses and all of that mess. And and so there's always there's that sense of Marvin fixed it. Okay. You know, Marvin, whatever it was, what, whether it was sort of coaxing Mike Brown to take a step back and and seating whatever to his daughter Katie Blackburn, son-in-law Troy Blackburn, Marvin Lewis. Um, but yes, so now here is a team that, you know, because frankly, in, in the late, mid, mid late 70s and then into the late 80s was a pretty good team. There were two Super Bowls in there um, and, and some good teams that just couldn't get past those Steelers. So, you know, there, there's fans who, who will always love Marvin for that. Now, however, <laughs> he's 0-7, the worst playoff coach in NFL history. Like, there's no way around that. I mean... He's the only guy who's never won, um, let alone in seven tries. Um, so you, there are people who are just tired of that. They, they feel Marvin's the A to B guy, you know, um, and, and they're waiting for C, you know, the, the next guy to take over. So then there's you're in that weird boat of, well, 
Mike Brown's history of hiring coaches before Marvin wasn't that great. Do we trust that again? <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, it's kind of like a, a little of both. Um, I, I think Marvin should get credit for hiring good, smart coordinators. And I think the years where this team really takes a dip, you can look back at some coordinators who, frankly, don't quite measure up to the successful ones. I mean, Ken Zampezi, very nice man. Uh, but clearly, in 16, the first two games of 17, things just didn't didn't work as well. Um, very good position coach. I think Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield have a good position coach there in Cleveland. Clearly, Hugh Jackson believes the same thing. Um, you go pre-Jay Gruden and pre-Mike Zimmer, I mean, those coordinators were okay, but not guys who either were head coaches or maintained coordinator roles elsewhere. Right. So Marvin, I think Marvin needs help. Like he, he's, you know, he's so long removed from that, those coordinator years, you know, I mean, the, the game has evolved so much on both sides of the ball. So I, I think, you know, the feeling with, with fans, if you will, and even some media down here is like, okay, are Bill Lazor and Terrell Austin, you know, the next Zimmer and Gruden, the next, you know, Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Um, like guys who are, are talented and will be in head coaching conversations in a year or two. Uh, because if, if that's the case, track record shows the Bengals will be pretty good. Um, but yeah, so, but the playoff thing, I mean, and Marvin knows it. Uh, Andy Dalton, 0-4 starter, knows it. It's just kind of... Until you win in that moment, you know, people are going to want you to be gone because they think you can't. So, you know, it's kind of Marvin's I think Marvin's a guy who when he's gone will definitely be appreciated even more, um, regardless of whether what they do this year or or the next two years for sure. But I I think it's you kind of in that boat like, well, he's good. He's better than what we've had. but, But, you know. We need better, but what if he's worse? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, that, that that lost decade really scarred people. And I think Browns fans, honestly, even if the Browns get good or get to mediocre, if you will, which would be really good for them, right? Um, like, that'll always be it. Like, that's going to be a thing that hangs over that fan base of, yeah, we're 8-8 eight and eight for like four straight years. And yeah, we're 10-6, and six, but should we get better? But look how bad we were. Like, it's a hard, I mean it can really do damage to a fan base long-term and really kind of skew the way, you know, people think about their football team. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is a fascinating point. I'm just double-checking the stats here. Before Marvin Lewis, 12 straight non-winning years. There was an 8-8 eight and eight in there, right. but didn't have a winning record before Marvin Lewis. And, and now for him to have done this for a decade and a half, but not have a playoff win. That is so, and, and like, you could absolutely see the Browns like staring down the barrel of that reality and trying to figure out if if you top when you've been this bad, I mean making the playoffs would be great, but if you top out at not winning a playoff game, that your best year is making the playoffs but never advancing past that, that is that is a that is a tough pill to swallow because it you know, on some level, I think I think as as much as it's like, well, it's a lot better than it used to be. At least in Cleveland, I, I think there's 
there's there's some idea there should be some idea of like listen like we paid the price on this so we were down in the at the very bottom you know and again some of these bengal seasons before marvin there's some 3 and 13s thrown in there bunch of 4 and 12s where's our afc championship game heck even jacksonville you know went to t- afc title games early in their existence yep um even you know buffalo people made the big deal about first time in 18 years it's a hell of a drought, but you know they also went to four straight Super Bowls uh, in, in in a lot of people's lifetimes um, in, in the current fan base. So um, it, you know other franchises at least either have a championship or have some success. You know the Bengals '88. This is the 30th anniversary of that '88 team. Um, but but what's interesting is Cincinnati doesn't really hang on to those past teams like I, I you know grew up in Chicago and you know before the White Sox won a World Series before the Cubs won a World Series uh you know team you know they kind of you'd find these like weird hangers on to oh what could have been and oh that great team mm-hmm. Cincinnati doesn't really do that if okay. that makes sense it's 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 kind of like you said they're stuck of like in the now of wanting to get over the hump and, and trying to get back to that point. And we're tired of talking about that loser from 88. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it, it's almost like those teams in like the two Super Bowl teams in the early eighties are sort of like, no, they're losers. Like, why would we hang on to that? Like, it's a weird, hmm. it, it does. It's an interesting fan experience down here. And I could see it. I don't know. I know Browns fans are a little bit different. I mean, heck they, they, they turned out, I think, what, just until the last couple of years with this. Yeah. Where they were still, I mean, filling first energy. When I know Bengals fans, you know, it, it took the Bengals getting to 8-0 in 15 before they really jumped on board. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. It, it, but, I, but I guess first things first, and if you're a Browns fan listening to this, I think you're hoping the national pundits who think if Tyron Taylor plays the whole year, that the Super Bowl odds or AFC Championship odds are better than the Bengals or some other teams, and you know you're just kind of hoping to get out of one and thirty-one, right? Yeah, <laughs> and like, hey, I'll deal with two straight years of ten and six and uh, and one and done, <laughs> right? When we get there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's such an interesting conversation because again, like for Browns fans to wrap their head around it, the idea of like at all complaining about five straight playoff appearances right. without winning a game is like, what are you talking about? But yet, <laughs> right. like I, when you're in the moment, obviously it's a little bit different. So so let yeah. us transition then to Andy Dalton because I, I think it's such an interesting conversation. And I'm going to ask you an impossible question because I'm a sports writer um, and sometimes it's tough to figure things out. So So I like to put other people on the spot <laughs> to make you do all the work for me. If, if, if you were in a vacuum and you you could look at Andy Dalton's career and the way he's played and the way he's led this franchise, should a franchise welcome that? Should should a franchise say, yes, we would take Andy Dalton as our quarterback with exactly what he's been, I think is a seven-year starter in this league so far. Would you take that? Or should you aspire for more than that? And and on, and on some level, d- you know, is Andy Dalton the kind of guy that that maybe makes you good but doesn't really give you a chance to be great? Do you pass on Andy Dalton in the hopes of finding Aaron Rodgers, 
even though that's lightning in a bottle to some degree? Or do you know what? Listen, man, this guy wins double-digit games all the time. Take Andy Dalton and be happy with it. Yes. Um, and he, okay, so this is this is Andy falls into the Marvin category here, um, and, and and really the fan base turned on him. So in 2011, as a rookie, very few expectations. Carson Palmer just ripped the hearts out of the city. Here comes the second round quarterback. All of a sudden, nine and seven, back in the playoffs. Uh, I think it was the 12 season. You know, ten and six. Uh, playoffs again he improves and then yet they play a really bad houston team i shouldn't say bad they're a playoff team i don't know if that that might have been tj yates that year mm. i mean and 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 they lose 13 a really good bengals team just pasted uh at the time san diego chargers in the regular season chargers come into paul brown stadium dalton turns it over a bunch um by the way there were other far other bigger issues in that game than just the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So Andy Dalton is Bengals fans turn into aspire for greater, be better. We don't want this guy after the guy won 30 something games in three years, which is really hard to do in this league. Yep. Um, now to the broader NFL perspective, um, I covered Aaron Rodgers for a few years in green Bay. Um, I saw the man up close uh, you, yes, I guess in a vacuum, you always aspire to find that guy. Um, however, out of 32 current teams, there are only two of them and that's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And I, I put Drew Brees, uh, a little bit below that because if you look at the saints, a bunch of seven and nine seasons, um, Drew Brees is pretty good, very good, a hall of famer, but you know, guess what? Drew Brees also needs good players around him. Yep. Whereas I think Brady and Rodgers have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. If you have them, it doesn't. You and I are are making a lot of money catching footballs. Yep. So, um, so those two exist, and and they're great. And you should, yes, technically always aspire to it. That's not the reality of the NFL. Um, I, I think honestly, if you were to. It, it, Everybody I've ever talked to in this league um, would take Andy Dalton in a heartbeat. Okay, because it's it's it, your head coach in Cleveland. If you're a Browns fan, would take him in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it's just because it's to what you said. Is he Aaron Rodgers? No, but there's only one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He's he's better than. You know, and you get in that debate of top 10, top 15, whatever. I, I mean, he's better than most of the trash that's playing quarterback in this league. Right. Browns fans have seen it up close and personal Absolutely. for how long. Like, um, it, it's not, it's harder to find a guy like Dalton than it is even to find, you know, your, your, your all timer. I, I mean, look how many quarterbacks have cycled through the years, how many first round picks and, um, so I, I think what the, I, I think it, it's, and that said, it's easier then to build your roster, mm-hmm. um, you, you find your other 52 because you know what that guy is. And yes, there's some safety net in that. And yes, it could be a crutch and maybe they're getting to that point in your eight, year nine, year 10 of Dalton where it's like, okay, we know what he is. At what point do we 
do we move on? Um, but I think right now at the age of 30 and the way how long quarterbacks are playing in this league, um, I, I think the Bengals have it right in that, A, he was on a rookie contract to begin with. B, he's not being paid 19% of your salary cap. So it's easier to afford other Pro Bowl players around him. Um, and and, and yeah. it's easier to find an impact. Frankly, it is. It's easier to find an impact running back, receiver, offensive lineman. Line. I mean, think about all these positions. You can find those guys, right? Yep. Um, and and it's, it's just the math is it's just easier. So, I, you know, is Andy Dalton great? No. Can he play great? Unequivocally, yes. I mean, it, that has been proven over seven years. Um, it's just not great all the time, and that's when you need someone else to help out. And this kind of goes to your Marvin Lewis point earlier, where sometimes when you get into those moments, you know, in, in, down in Cincinnati in the media group, we just say, just win a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Marvin, just make a play. And, and would you like it to be the quarterback? Sure. But you know what? In, in Super Bowl 50, Peyton Manning had a rating of 50 against the Panthers. Does anybody remember that? No. Peyton Manning was garbage. Guess what? Von Miller made a play. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, you, yeah, the quarterback means a lot, but sometimes there's those other guys. And too often over the last six, seven years, when the quarterback hasn't made a play, no one else has either. A.J. Green's dropped the ball. Tyler Eifert stepped out of bounds. Montez Burfitt lost his mind. Geno Atkins didn't make a sack. Like, it's, you know what I mean? So yep. that, that, that's, I think, been the bigger problem in Cincinnati in the last seven years in this what they call the Dalton Green era down here. But again, when you're the quarterback and you haven't played well in those moments, you're going to catch the garbage. So he's earned that, um, you know, uh, uh, frankly. Uh, but I, but to your larger point, I think I think Browns fans know more than, than any other mm-hmm. fan base how hard it is to get that guy um and, and so yes I, I definitely you know look if Andy Dalton was somehow available I mean he would have been in, in Cleveland or Washington <laughs> in, in a heartbeat you know what I mean so he was just he was yeah. trying to trade for his backup man what would right. he, he would have given up three first rounders <laughs> right. for Andy Dalton <laughs> um right. so yeah, it's, it is. It's so harder to get to find that guy. And he's he's sixty three, forty four, and two as a starter. One hundred sixty seven touchdowns, ninety three interceptions. Yeah. And I think you make a great point about the way you're able to build a roster around him because we see, you know, when there's, I know there's been some, you know, some teams have concern like when a guy like Kirk Cousins comes on the market and okay, let's go get a guy like that, but that costs so much money. Or when Matt Ryan's contract comes up and you got to give him the moon, what does that do to your cap flexibility going forward? Right. That, um, you know, if you have Andy Dalton and you know he, he will he will play, at the very least, play pretty well and has a chance to play great at times, but he's going to do it in a way that allows you to build a roster around that, I think that does make a really good point about that. Um, I, I, I want to ask one more question about that, and it's kind of related to A.J. McCarron. Um, first of all, the idea that A.J. McCarron left, is that is there any consternation in, in Cincinnati about that? And there was a lot made, obviously, you know this, at, around draft time, that the three other teams in the AFC North all took quarterbacks in this draft. Right. Mason Rudolph was certainly not as high as Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. Was there anybody in Cincinnati that thought the Bengals – should have taken a shot on one of these guys, not in the first round, but maybe in the second or third round. I know they took a quarterback in the seventh. Um, you know, is 
is anybody, as much as we just talked about Andy Dalton and why you should appreciate him and why why really he is a pretty, he's a good quarterback for any franchise, what are people thinking about in terms of quarterback future and having not taken a quarterback? Is it something that people are thinking about? They lost their minds this offseason. I think AJ can play in this league, mm-hmm. but he's the ultimate guy who needs the thing around him, whereas I think in Cincinnati – like the fan base, um, they just didn't like Andy Dalton. They looked at those national titles. AJ's a personality, and he carries himself so well. And he's, yeah, I mean, you know. But look, I, look, and I think Hugh, and and again, it's the known factor. Right. Hugh knew what he was getting. I don't doubt for a fact that if the if if Sashi Brown would have executed the trade. The, the Browns would have won a game or two last year. Like, I, I don't I, – I firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean A.J. McCarron would have been the franchise guy? I don't know. But, I mean, Hugh knew he was trying to win a game. Right. So, I, I think that would have happened uh, for the Browns last year. If, if Now, who knows, maybe, what, that third rounder they traded and, and the stack, whatever it was going to be, you know, maybe, maybe they made the right decision um, after 0-16. Um, but – so in the building in Cincinnati, no, no concern. AJ McCarron's gone. I mean, I think they they definitely messed up um, the grievance part of it. I, I don't know if they really just felt he would be on the team this year uh, as a restricted free agent. Um, clearly, you know, he, he lost. So I think the Bengals messed that up by not getting something for him. Um, but no, I mean, you know, what what – you know, they lose a, a, a good backup quarterback, a guy they knew could win a couple games for him if Andy Dalton got hurt. Yeah. Uh, now, in terms of the draft, um, you know, again, if you're a fan, you lost your mind. In the building, they, look, drafting at 21, um, they felt addressing, well, first of all, they were at 12 to begin with. And if they felt any of these quarterbacks were worthy of a top pick, uh, they were at 12. So right. they weren't going to get one of those guys. And you know the premium of trading up. So they decided, again, to double down. Marvin, these coordinators, win now, whatever. Trade down, get the left tackle, um, and, and go all in on that. So now going forward, um, you know, I, I again, going back to what we talked about, I think this is a turning point year. 6-10 and 10 again, 5-11, and 11, something disastrous. They've got a high pick in 19. I think they examine it. Um, they just didn't have Lamar Jackson as sort of that guy, okay. you know, at 21. I know people mocked it to them. I know he came in for a visit. That wasn't, they were never taking Lamar Jackson at 21. They were never taking Mark Mason Rudolph at 77. Uh, we've reported that, but you know, it's the internet and people, people get excited. Yeah. Um, it's not, they just didn't have those guys rated that way. Um, so they were never going to take them. Uh, but again, I think all bets are off if things go south again in 19, because then you're looking at another, you know, potentially top 10 pick, right. which is different. Um, and then Andy's got two years left on a deal. And now you're like, well, we probably don't want to extend him into his mid thirties. So, um, I, you know, but yeah, in terms of looking ahead, sure. The fan base is freaking out about Mayfield Rudolph and, and Lamar Jackson, uh, in the future, the Bengals really aren't worried about 2023 20, right now. <laughs> they, 
they want to win right. in 18 and 19. So I think that's where they push their chips. Um, and quarterback, I think, would be addressed if that doesn't work out uh, okay. this season. Just as a point of information for you, I did I covered every snap of Billy Price's career at yeah. Ohio State, and I said before the draft, as I, I wrote a big uh, profile on him before senior day, um, I think he's got a chance to be like a ten year All Pro. Like I think yeah. I think he's he's a really good pick for the Bengals where they got him. So, um, and he's they a good talker. Him. They need they needed. Yeah, he's a great talker. Uh, you know, good guy award right away. Uh, no, we we um, you know we were curious how the Bengals were going to approach this draft at twelve, and that was the thing. Moving down to twenty one was not only did they get a twenty eight year old left tackle, then they get their center and Billy Price. I mean, for, I mean that's forty percent of your starting offensive line addressed in the first round. That was um, you know they need again as I said earlier that was so bad last year. It was awful. Like it can't be worse than that. Yeah. And then, and this team again, seven and nine, and, and and you know, ifs ands and buts, and six plays from the playoffs doesn't work. Um, so I think they feel Billy Price, Cordy Glenn, like even if nothing else changes, um, they're gonna be better than the worst in the league. Right. And and that alone will get them knocking on the door of ten wins. All right, so last question, Jim, and, I, and I'm going to make you think about the Browns here a little bit more, and I've yeah. appreciated all your insights so far. Just from your vantage point, maybe what, what you think, if you and other Bengals writers talk about it at all, if you've, I don't know if you've talked to anybody on the Bengals about it, just chit-chatting, just what the Browns are doing. With, with Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield, certainly they're going to be more competent at quarterback. In the draft and in the offseason, they added some more skill guys. We know they had built the offensive line, uh, tried to previously, especially with Kevin Zeitler bringing him up from Cincinnati. Um, with Miles Garrett, and you know they have pieces on defense. Like, Does it seem like to you that maybe the Browns are building something, or, or does, it, does it seem like, you know what, we've I've maybe seen some versions of this before where you maybe thought the Browns were getting some good young players and it didn't work out, or does it, or does it seem like maybe Cleveland, from your vantage point, is has a chance to be more competitive? No, I do. I, I think they will. I'm in that boat of they will they will win games in 2018. They and and uh, I, I, I hesitate to say more competitive because if I recall, I I, I felt that they were pretty competitive at times mm-hmm. last year. But just frankly, from afar, Hugh Jackson's management of Deshaun Kaiser was sort of head-scratching. And you were... And from near. That was also from near. Head-scratching, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, you know, they probably should have won. I mean, I just mentioned the Bengals sitting here thinking, hey, we were whatever plays away from from 10 and 6, 9 and 7. Definitely sure Browns fans are like, we should have been 5 and 11, 4 and 12. Yeah. So, I I think Tyrod Taylor, look, he's... In that boat of a veteran quarterback who's won some games, obviously, you know, dealt with whatever he dealt with in, in Buffalo a year ago to get them the nine and seven. Um, so I, I think what I'm curious about is a the person, the dynamic between Hugh and Todd Haley. <laughs> yep. Um, very strong personalities. I do think their offensive minds run down parallel tracks um jimmy haslam and like what happens are like are they one in three is that the tipping point for hugh jackson two and 34 oh my god we're doing this again tyrod's 
traded or benched and Todd Haley's the coach and it's big. Like, I, I guess I'm, or are they three and one and it's all coming together and things quiet down and it's all good. And, and even if, heck, look, I, four win improvements in the NFL are monumental. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really happen. That makes this team four and 12. Like, six win improvements or seven win improvements. Like, that's like coach of the year stuff. And then you're seven and nine. So I'm really fascinated by, like, how how that works. I think there is talent there. I think they are going to win games. I think it all does hinge on what are they really going to do with Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Like, are they really going to – are they really doing the John Kitna, Carson Palmer thing to bring it back to Marvin Lewis in 03? Yep. I mean, Marvin was like, no. Carson Palmer, you're the future, but you are sitting. I've got to win games. You ran through that re- that track record of him before. And, and John Kitna went 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, in hindsight, people think, well, maybe Carson Palmer could have gone 10-6. and six. But, look, he fixed it. He got it back on track back in 03 are the browns is is the owner is the gm (laughs) gonna allow the coach is the coach gonna be that discipline to to say this is the thing we're doing in this year let's get to seven and nine let's get to eight and eight and then we turn it over to the franchise quarterback in 19 um I mean, that's an unanswerable question. I think that's yeah. what everybody's so fascinated about because you've got such unique personalities there and just the way things have gone, you can't really discount that history, right, of, of wondering how these these personalities are going to act, right? I mean, it's just a different – it's it's a unique group of guys, yep. you know, and I'm just fascinated by that. Like, you know, is Tyrod in a, in a – you can maybe answer some of this. I, I like – what I wondered about was – Let's say they start, you know, 0-4, you know, and it's 20 straight losses or 22, whatever it is, back to 16. Is Hugh fired? Is Haley the interim? Do they dump? Well, now you're Baker Mayfield, and now it's your second head coach in four games. Are you just thrust into this? Right. Or if you're Tyrod Taylor and you go 8-8, eight and eight, I mean, that dude should get MVP votes. And right. And then you just say, all right, see you later. See you later, yeah. You know? Like, it's a weird, it's, you know, and now Baker's got to come in and be, like, a 10-win quarterback in his first year, or it's like, oh, no, there'll be a step back. Like, it's, I'm fascinated by what's going on up there, to be honest, or what could happen. It's it's really, <laughs> it's it's almost more interesting now than the March 0-16 jumping in the lake, to be honest. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, like, the, the idea of that, that, like, oh, my gosh, if Tyrod Taylor is so good, what do you do about the future of Baker? It's like, my God, the idea that the Browns would have two good quarterbacks. Oh no, what do we do? There's too many good quarterbacks. It's like impossible to wrap your head around. But right. the, the only thing I'm worried about, which is like why I'm fine playing Tyrod for a while, is like I, I'm nervous about Hugh Jackson playing Baker Mayfield and then benching Baker Mayfield the way yeah. he did with Kaiser. Right. You know, like I think Hugh is hell bent on winning, which is fine. I get it. But if that's the case, then you've got to do the John Kitna model and, like, I got to win. I got to play Tyrod. Right. And, you know what, even – but then I don't know that it's fair to th- – well, I guess – I don't know. Like, if that, if that doesn't work, if you're 0-6 playing Tyrod Taylor, then do you right. say, well, the heck with it. If we're going to lose with a veteran, we may as well lose with a rookie, right? <laughs> then maybe you would do that. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I just think the quarterback play is going to be more competent one way or the other, more competent than a year ago. That's for sure. (laughs) Which will change a lot. Will change a lot. So, um, well, Jim, it's a fast. I think it's a very interesting division. There's people, you know, I think the Ravens are in an interesting spot. The Bengals are are in an interesting spot. The Browns hope they are on the way up. I think everybody assumes the Steelers are still going to be on top for a while, but obviously Ben always makes that kind of interesting. So um, I'm very curious to see how this um, division unfolds in the next couple of years because I do think, you know, for instance, and, and that's one of those things, like you can't, four teams can't all be good, right? Someone's got right, to finish no, last. Right. So like if the Browns are no longer the team that finishes last every single year, no matter what, then somebody else has to be last. And then when you're last... right. Now, all of a sudden, there's more pressure. Now, there's more pressure on the coach, more pressure on the quarterback, because this has been a division where, for several years, you know, there have been three teams that are playoff contenders and one that's in the basement. And if the Browns get even somewhat better, they don't have to be great, but if they're somewhat better, they do change the reality for the rest of the division because it's going to be much more difficult for the Ravens, Bengals, and Steelers to all compete for the playoffs at the same time if they're not getting two guaranteed wins a year. Right. So For sure. And that, you're right. It is. Um, I do. I, I mean, at first blush, I mean, I, mean, I, I do think the Browns are still – well, put this way. I'm not a big believer in the Ravens either. I, mm-hmm. So I, I, could see the Brown, I, I could see the Ravens totally cratering. Um, in, in this year, and if they make their move to quarterback, I think Peter King thinks Lamar Jackson's going to be playing before midseason. If that's the case, like that's then that totally failed up there. Whatever right. it is they're trying to do with their old receivers and old quarterback, um, I could see the Ravens and Browns kind of being in that spot of the bottom of the division, if you will. The Bengals mm-hmm. kind of right in the middle, which is where they always are. And then, you know, the Steelers doing Steeler things. So, no, but you're right, though. I mean, I think we're in that point of transition. um, And and I think the Browns, if they do it right, if Baker Mayfield is who they think he's going to be, they're in a position to flip the division just because of the age of Roethlisberger, the the changing of what's going on in Baltimore. And, And obviously, again, the Bengals, I mean, they call it the Dalton line. You know, nationally, um, I mean, he's he's just above average. So the team, therefore, is always right around there. Right? Yep. So, I mean, you know, so you're right. That that window, ex- I don't think it's going to come this year. No. Um, but it's, it's it's you know, if, if it's right, it all hinges on that number one guy. And, and, you know, that's the greatest unknown, right? Yep. No, and that's the idea of, of that maybe, Maybe there's a little bit of hope in Cleveland, which there hasn't been for a while. So, um, Jim, great stuff, man. Thank you so much for doing this and for agreeing to join us on Takes by the Lake. Hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Yeah, anytime. All right, I appreciate it, man. And that's it for this Takes by the Lake. Man, I think Jim is good. He really knows his stuff, not just uh, with the Bengals, but with the entire AFC North and the NFL. So follow him on Twitter. Tough spelling, kind of like Maurice. It's Jim Ozarski. Here it is. At J-I-M-O-W-C-Z-A-R-S-K-I. Okay? Follow him on Twitter. Read him at Cincinnati.com. Again, the Inquirer does a great job of covering the Bengals. Uh, We'll catch up with those guys again during the year when the Bengals and Browns are playing. But for now, that's it. Again, next week, it's going to be Jeremy Fowler of ESPN 
talking about the Steelers as we continue this um, look around the AFC North. Again, I just think it's really important when you're thinking about the Browns, you've got to be thinking about these three other teams. Reminder, listen to our other podcasts. Orange and Brown Talk, Mary Kay Cabot, Dan Labe. Subscribe to that where you, you subscribe to these podcasts. Cleveland Baseball Talk, Joe Noga, Paul Hoynes. Wine and Gold Talk, Chris Fedor, Joe Varden. Um, Buckeye Talk, me, Bill Landis, Tim Bielek. Lots of good podcast stuff going on. All you, always, you can find it, all the podcasts together, cleveland.com slash podcasts. So go there if you're confused. But get subscribed to Takes by the Lake, too, okay? Google Play, Apple Podcasts. If you want to drop a five-star review, that would be lovely. But mostly, we just appreciate you guys listening. So for Jim Ozarski, thanks to him. Thanks to you guys. I'm Doug Maurice, And we'll talk to you next time.